1: and Tori.
0: Hello, Internet.
1: And unfortunately, Craig has a sick baby to take care of, so he wasn't able to join us today. Um, we started every week with good thing, so
2: Dave, good one thing. Uh, I didn't know you would, we were going to ask me that. Um, La Mulana 2 DLC came out. I thought it came out uh, before when I talked about it, but apparently it just came out this weekend. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but uh, I already have people badgering me to stream it, so it must be good. Okay, Lama Lana 2 DLC. Thank I know you. nothing about it. <laughs> Tori,
1: do you do you have strong opinions on no. Lama Lana 2 DLC?
0: No, because I, I also don't know anything about it except what you guys have told me while talking about your good things.
2: I I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I thought it was a masterpiece. So I, I can only assume the DLC is adequate. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet.
1: But no, I'm, big, I, I'm excited to try it. You didn't get the full experience that you claim is
2: so integral to Lamulana 1. Having chat spoil the answer to riddles for me? Yeah. <laughs> it seems less a part of the experience of Lamulana 2 as it was for Lamulana 1. Honestly, I think that Nagoro, the, the developer of Lamulana 1, hires people to watch Twitch streams and give unsolicited advice. Like, I think it's part of the meta game that they have going on, like the meta troll. Uh, all right. So, my good thing this week is uh I would like to tell you guys a
1: story about how I got my copy of Oathbringer and I wish Craig was here because I'm going to say really nice things about him but he's not here so he's never going to hear this uh so when why, Oathbringer Why do you
2: in, hate Craig? Why do you never say anything nice to Craig?
1: <laughs> he's not here when I have nice things to say to him. <laughs> uh so anyway, when Oathbringer came out, um I had just started being like a semi-regular in in Craig's Zelda streams, uh, we started talking about, you know, Brandon Sanderson and the Cosmere and, and all of that. And I was like, well, money's a little tight, so I can't afford to buy a book right now. I'll just have to wait for a little bit. No big deal. Um, money was tight because we, my wife and I, had just gotten married. And weddings are, like, we did a cheap wedding, but it was still on the expensive end. Um, anywho, I was totally prepared to just, you know wait a few months, and eventually be able to get this book, and then just get caught up then. And Craig's like, what's your address? And then, like, a week later, I get a book in the mail. So he functionally gave me the book as a wedding present, is what I consider it. So thanks, Craig. (laughs) I appreciate that.
2: So your your nice thing that you said is he, he got you something once. But I no, mean, it was a nice gesture. I didn't actually know that. That's
1: really sweet. That's a nice thing. Like, yeah, like he didn't want me to have to wait a few months before I could afford to buy the book myself.
2: Yeah, he is an avid uh, Cosmere not. So what's the?
0: Yes, what's the that's the appropriate thing? term. Mm-hmm. That's the
2: fandom. That's not something we made up. I mean,
0: I don't know, <laughs> but I like it a lot. So it's. I, I use
1: out. it on the Patreon. I, I don't know if it's an official terminology, wait, but it's my a, official terminology. Patreon? Yeah, we have a Patreon, Dave. Did you know that if you go to patreon.com slash CosmereCast, spelled C-O-S-M-E-R-E-C-A-S-T, uh, you can you can uh, give us money or join our Discord without giving us money or when giving us money. You can do both. And you should join our Discord because a lot of stuff happens there that
2: doesn't end up in the podcast. And yeah, it's it's the complete experience. Yeah, and, and if you join our podcast, you see the little dancing sylphrena on my webcam if you're watching the live stream. That's an emote in our Discord server. An emoji, I think they call it. It's or definitely is it? one <laughs> of those. Is that in our Discord server or is it in my Discord server? I don't know that I ever got it to work. It may just be oh, yours. Oh, I think because you, you don't have Nitro, you couldn't an animate. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Something like that. But anywho. Uh, There's a dancing
1: Zilfrenna thing sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Tori, presumably you have a good thing now.
0: Yeah, presumably I do. Do you want to guess what it is?
1: Uh, Is it the thing we were talking about just minutes before we started recording?
0: Yeah, it's that thing.
2: All right, Dave, break break the, the barrier here tell us what it is hey, Tori uh sorry I was late for the recording today and missed this awesome thing that you were talking about but I hope I get to hear about it soon
0: I started playing this game it's called Stardew Valley you, you probably haven't heard of it but it's super cute is it, is it
2: one of those really obscure indie games that only like super gamer hipsters have heard about
0: probably um So it's a farming sim where you inherit a little farm in an adorable little community and you get to befriend all the people who live there and you plant your crops and you get to build your house and, well, the house is already built, but you get to upgrade the house and you get to build barns and get animals and and it's just, it's super cute. Like, all of the little character sprites remind me of Chrono Trigger or something bad. and um, Oh, Yeah. And they're adorable, and I love it. And it's relaxing and um and yeah, yeah, highly recommend. Uh,
1: can Beautiful. I give you a small piece of advice, Tori? Sure. Cheese. Cheese. Almost everybody in town likes cheese as a gift, and it's a really good um uh, mine food for like recovering health and energy. And Wait, you can oh. mine cheese? And you, you can,
0: can
2: get tons middle? of it really, really easily. Cheese.
0: Okay. Cheese.
2: Louise. Jeez. Uh so Isn't that like a Mel Brooks joke or he's like you know how they invented the name for cheese? Something <laughs> that sounds like Mel Brooks. I don't know. You know they they aged all these curds in a barrel and they opened it up and they smelled it and they went, "Oh, cheese." Um Craig is kind sounds of the, like a <laughs> the Mel Brooks expert. His wife
1: here. his wife is a huge Mel Brooks expert. Uh so before we get into what we're doing today, uh I wanted to ask you a question, Dave. Uh-oh. Uh, after finishing all the stuff that we just finished, um, which universe would you prefer to go back to? Uh, would you have preferred to get the next Mistborn book, or would you have preferred to do what we're doing and go back to Stormlight? I think Stormlight. Okay, so you're you're ready for a Stormlight. You're
2: you're in a Stormlight mood. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say excellent. It's kind of like I know that there's some stuff hanging in the air after Bands of Mourning, but it's just like, you know, I need to check in on on, on all my old friends, Silphrena, Nightblood. This book probably has other characters that I'll remember as I go. <laughs> but I mean, those are the two most important characters. I mean, yeah,
1: Silphrena right. and Nightblood, obviously. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then, with that out of the way,
2: let's get into it. Dave. All right. So, yeah, um, we are starting a new book, Oathbringer. And this is the most recent Cosmere book that was written when we started recording the podcast. And we're not counting White Sand or whatever, I don't know. But anyway, the important thing is that after this book is finished, I get to go back and listen to the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast with spoiler section. And uh, with the permission of the other podcast members, I might actually do a thing on stream where I listen and you can get my live reaction to episodes uh need to hammer out details on when I want to do you, that. You but. 100% have my permission for that. Okay. In well, as much you know. as
1: it's necessary since you're also in the podcast, so I, I would assume that you have similar rights access. I don't know.
2: I don't know legally who owns the recording. But, I mean, I'm not even in the first five episodes. But, uh, yeah, so after we finish Oathbringer in six years, you guys can look forward to that on my Twitch stream. And, yeah, Oathbringer, Tulfrena. Okay, so read the back cover first like I normally do. And it mentions a handful of characters we have. The Captain, who I guess is Captain Kaladin. The Spy, which is Shallan. Stonewalker, uh, the Traitor, and the King. And I think the King is Dalinar, though he's not a king yet. The Stonewalker... There are a few uh, Radiants that haven't really been... There, there are multiple people that could maybe fit in as radiants. Like we've got Yasna, we have uh, Renarin, right? He's a radiant. We've got Lift, though. I don't know how big a part she's going to play in this book. And also, you know, let's not discount the possibility of a Parshendi radiant, right? Maybe that's the traitor. Maybe the traitor refers to a Parshendi. And you know, we've got I who. Yeah, she's been doing stuff. Um, maybe it could even refer to Relaine. I would actually love to see more from Relaine in this book. That would be cool. Maybe he's number three after Nightblood, uh, and then I, maybe the Stonewalkers, Yasna. I, I could also see Yasna being the the quote traitor because she's the heretic of uh, their foreign religion, which we'll see in the epigraphs as well. I assume based on the epigraph of chapter four, but. Was it three or I think it was four, because the flashback chapters don't have epigraphs, I don't think. Let's actually double check. Traditionally, that. I don't think they do. Uh chapter three, momentum, no epigraph. Okay. Uh yeah. So what we're reading Oathbringer by Brandon Sandenberg. Oh crap. We gotta start over. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. My Joining good thing this week is, week is, is... Wait. Brand, I can still recover... Brandon Sanderson. Alright, whew. We just saved ourselves hours worth of re-recording and editing. Well, for Mike. Alright, so let's go ahead and jump into the prologue, which is titled To Weep. And this prologue is from the perspective of our good friend Eshinai, the uh, the Parshendi waifu from what killed all of her people that didn't want to take on storm form. Yay! And this, uh, this is a flashback going back to, I think this is actually the night that Gavilar was assassinated and it it kind of happened on the fly, uh, which is interesting. All right, let's go jump into some notes here. Eshwini chapter. This is some important meeting in Alethkar. Apparently before they discovered art form. Gavilar, unite them. Danger? What's in the dark space? Fear. Storm form, Sprin? So, in order to prevent the Everstorm, they killed Gavilar, which started a war which forced them to summon the Everstorm. So, good job, guys. Uh, so, I, you know, she's, she likes exploring, and that includes indoors and out, and she's going around in the palace in uh, Alethkar capital. Help me out. Aleth- Alethkar, Aleth- I think. Alethkar the country, isn't it? Isn't that also... No, the city has a different name. Crap.
0: Colonar is the city?
2: Yeah, uh, we is it, is it named after the Colon family? That makes sense. Yeah,
0: Or <laughs> well, maybe it's so the,
2: the other way anyway, around. Ash and I is wandering around the palace and she she's told she's allowed to check out any room that's not guarded. So she finds a room doesn't have guards posted out of the door and she goes in and there seems to be some kind of important meeting and conversation happening with King Gavilar and some people. And she's like, oh, uh, hey guys. And okay, quick, quick question. Do you know who those people are?
1: Nas and Chris. So the description we get is two soldiers, two women, and an old man in robes. And I know who one of the soldiers is. And like
2: nobody else there. Say <laughs> Uh Is one of the soldiers... Jerkface Old Man Ardent K- uh, No. Amaram. Amaram. He's mentioned
1: by name. Amaram. In in that in that scene, he's mentioned by name. That's how I know oh, who he
2: is. I hate that guy. Meridus Amaram. Maybe they just call him Meridus and I didn't realize that was his first I think they I did. would have noticed if they mentioned Amaram. They did they did just call him by his first name. But okay. I know that so would be like, oh it's trollo oh old Trollo is here. I'm I'm I would have remembered that that was Sadius, but okay. But yeah, um, I I only know one Meridus and it's Amoram. Did, Amoram, did 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 die or just get lambasted by Oid? I don't think I think he's he's alive, right? Amaram?
0: Yeah, he's alive. Yeah,
2: he's still still around. Oh man, hate that guy. His Everybody hates that guy. Guy's worse than Zane. Possibly. Mm. I don't want to tall order. I have to think about it, but. <laughs> I do hate him. Uh, Okay, so you just... So there's some people. One of them is Amaram, Okay. Yeah, but I don't know who anyone else is, and I feel like I should. Naz and Chris. And the woman is Chris, and the old man in robes is Naz.
1: So I know Hamid listening right now, but if someone else knows who's in there, please let me know in our spoiler section, because I'm I would like to know, and I feel like I should. And, yeah, I'm missing out.
2: Anyway... So. Oh yeah, and I is also commenting on the fact that, like, oh man, they could they make some really nice art and sculptures and paintings and things like if only we had a form that would help us be more artistic. But like, don't they discover an art form later on? Not so far. They they had not, people it, painting, but it was bad. Not at the point of this prologue, but by present day, don't they have art form or they just they are they just theorizing that there is an art form or Theorizing that there is one, form. and yeah, Esh and um, I had like
1: some of her soldiers set up in war form trying to paint. So there's they've a got, whole scene of that.
2: I'm trying to remember because they have the five, right? And the five are each representing one form. So they've got war form, work form, sex form, dull form. I can't remember the other one. War form.
0: Uh, there's war form, mate form, nimble form.
2: Oh, nimble form. Okay. That's the one I forgot. Work form and dull form. Yeah. Okay. So it's Gavilar
1: and... But we also had epigraphs that listed a whole bunch of other forms.
2: Oh yeah, from all the different verses. And you know, we've seen Storm Form as well. Alright, so Gavilar shoots out everybody else and has a one on one conversation with Eshai. Uh I don't, what's the danger? I don't remember. But anyway, um this is where Gavilar reveals that he wants to summon the old gods of the Parshendi. And this freaks Eshenai the heck out. She's like, "No, we abandoned those gods. Like, we don't want them back." And Gavilar's like, "But we need the gods to return to make the world great again." And then Eshenai is like, "Yo, we gotta kill this guy. Uh, remember that slave you bought? He's an assassin, right? Just have him kill that guy." <laughs> and that's that's basically it for the prologue here. So it's kinda it's it's really interesting how like Esh and I Esh and I I's just you know, when they are first meeting the humans and understanding your culture and everything, she's just like you guys can buy and sell people like the idea of slavery is just so foreign to her. And then, you know, obviously they there's their top slaves are the parchment and they're just like, Oh, you're buying and selling our people too. That's messed up, dude. And they're like, no, 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 The Parchment are, like, the best slaves. And Eshen and I like, you think that's supposed to make me feel better? Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, they they have just to, like, kind of test out this thing. They they apparently go and buy Seth, which had to have been orchestrated by some force, man or gad. Like, the Parshendi coming across Seth and buying him as, as a slave, as, like, they're they hey, let's test out what this slavery thing is like. like I mean, come on. It might have, may have even been Tyra who like orchestrated this whole thing. And it's not even really effective testing. Because, you know, to, to
1: really do some effective testing, you need to buy a slave. You need to buy 300 slaves. You need to buy negative six slaves. You need to sell a slave. You need to buy a soda at the slave market. You need to go use the restroom. You need to jump on a horse. You need to have a horse on top of you. That's that's proper testing.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I guess they don't have a very large sample size. Having only bought one slave, and one with an oath stone at that, who is a windrunner and expert assassin and nameless. I'm like, uh, okay. I bet but... Tori laughed at the horse on top of you thing, because she's played the Witcher.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs>
2: so yeah, prologue is... Esh and I remember, is a flashback of Esh and I's perspective on the night Gavilar died. Which, you know, I would have thought that they would have put a little more deliberation into it. But she just went to the five and they're like, yeah, we should kill him. And then it's, they immediately do it. Like, Okay, I have like, a question. There you have it. Yeah. Logistically, about
1: this, this one day. Um, how does Gavilar find time to actually go to the feast and get assassinated with all these freaking secret meetings he's in?
2: He only had two. And one of them wasn't even secret, that there weren't even guards posted. Yeah, you don't post guards for a secret meeting. Oh right, that was what that's that was that was the mistake Ellen made, right? Yeah. <laughs> we learned that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh was it Ellen? No, it was Seized. Cezed did that. Right, to make sure that Ellen and Vin survived. Yeah. How does he have time to go to the feast and get assassinated? Well, he probably yeah. had to show up to to rein in his brother. He was he was trunk off his butt, going "Hey, wild!" Yeah, that's that's one more meeting he had on his agenda
1: before he could <laughs> go get killed <laughs> to
2: talk to Dalinar and sober him up. <laughs> uh, what's the logistic question? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he has a Fabriol that projects his image somewhere else so that his projection can get assassinated.
0: He's got a time-turner.
2: Time-turner. There you go. How do you think Hoyd gets around? Um, He has a corpse canoe, remember? <laughs> well, that's how he gets around physically, through the cognitive realm. But how does Hoyd get around from multiple eras of Skadrial? Yeah, we don't know the exact mechanics of that, but he does. Anyway, your thing. Uh, we're done. We're done prologue, I think. Yeah, so chapter one. All right, then. Chapter one. Chapter one. Uh, so part one is titled United, and we'll have viewpoint chapters from the usual suspects of Adolin, Dalinar, Shallan, and Kaladin. Although it was like 90% Dalinar and one very small scene of Adolin for this week. But part one, we'll see, we'll see from the rest of them. All right. Chapter one. Broken and Divided. These last six days felt like a year or more. Vision rubble. The enemy's champion has nine shadows. The unmade unite them. Sadius has been murdered. So I think the main point of chapter one is: Hey, Dalinar has his bonded stormfather. A little bit of a refresher, and then also he has full control of the visions now. He can. He can. He's like his. He finally decided to break down and get the paid subscription to Netflix, and he can watch whatever episode in whatever order he wants now. And he can even like zoom in on little details like the rubble. and you know like uh, honor the almighty. Uh, he's made these visions, and you know he put in the city rebel as a little background detail, but he put him there so. Maybe we can learn a little bit from the Almighty's perspective by looking at these little details. And uh, also, I guess the episode doesn't fade out at the point where it normally would, because Talonar has more control of the visions, and he sees Odium and his nine shadow champions, which are, I think they say that uh, Stormfather says that there's Spren called the Unmade. And yeah. Oh, wait. I meant to to actually hone in on the prologue where Gavilar says unite them, but he's not referring to the High Princes or, you know, the Rosharan kingdoms. He's talking about uniting, I think he's talking about uniting the gods or something. Like, he means something completely different when he says unite them versus when Dalinar says it. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's coming to different conclusions when given the same input.
0: Yeah, because yeah. remember the vision doesn't say who we're uniting, so it's you, the the dreamers are interpreting it.
1: Dalinar thought he was told to go be friends with Sadius again and to trust <laughs> him. Like obviously, there's there's interpretation
2: that can happen here. Well, Sadius has been murdered, so you know, hard to trust in a corpse. I think.
0: Oh no, you can totally trust in a corpse. They're not gonna stab you in the back.
2: Unless they're a zombie, then well, then they're they're thing. unlikely
0: to stab you if they're a zombie.
2: <laughs> Might eat your brains, but uh, yeah, that was chapter one, you guys. Moving on. See, Dave's waiting for me to
1: say something, and then he's going to start in on chapter one. No, I'm just making
2: more work for you for future, Mike.
1: No, but I've got the truncate silence button that I didn't find for a year and a
2: half. Oh, that, right, right, right. That fixes that. So, yeah, I think I I think I have a way around that. top tier podcasting everybody
1: (laughs) top tier is
2: this comedy it's my favorite my favorite thing that i've ever said on this podcast is this comedy all right chapter two one problem solved well now we're up to two problem because we just finished chapter one problem one problem solved beer shipment (laughs) <laughs> Adolin
1: murdered Sadius? Sadius?
2: I don't remember. Uh, next scene. Is Teft the old dude? And no one moved the body. That's a relief. Or maybe the body was on a relief. I don't remember. And final scene. A bunch of officers' names I don't know. Sabariel and Aladar will help build a new Alethkar, yay? One problem solved. The Lopin is now the Twopen. Uh... Where's Craig? I don't know. I wrote this last night or yesterday. What am I talking about? All right. So this first scene is the one scene that is not a Dalinar perspective. This is Adolin. He's uh, overseeing this beer shipment. He's like, "Guys, they're building the tavern in Sector Five. Didn't my aunt tell you anything?" And then that's. And then Adolin is like. Oh, there's some commotion. I bet I know what that's about. Because I murdered
1: Sadius. T. And that's
2: that's it. We can go back to Dalinar. And he's talking to... Oh, so he's, you know, Sadius's, uh soldiers and some of Dalinar's soldiers are having a little tussle McGuffle here. And they're like, oh, you, you murdered our high prince. Uh, yeah, no, we didn't. Your Your high prince probably tripped on his shoelaces and fell on his own knife in his eyeball. And then, so they mentioned Teft by name, who I think Teft was the old dude who was like the old veteran that was in Bridge Four. Yep. Okay. And, you know, Dalinar shows up to defuse the situation and explain that, you know, the body wasn't moved. You can see that this whole pool of blood has been coalescing for half a day and like... Uh, and then you know he he clears he gets everybody to get along for the time being, and then sends them on their merry way. And then um, Dalinar has spent so much time in
1: battlefields around corpses that he now is an honorary member of CSI
2: Urethiru. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, uh oh, you can see here that the eyeball was punctured and caved in and gross, but it's not gross to Dalinar because he's seen it all. And then he calls a bunch of people in. And I think it was um, Severial's mistress, uh, Paloma, who was just like, Well, that's one problem solved. And Very everyone's like, minded. Yeah, I I love Paloma and Severial. I love both of them. They're great. Uh, and everyone's like, Yeah, agreed. Sadius was a jerk. Don't you remember Dave's bullet points? And then Talonar's like, He may have been a jerk, but we needed his mind to rebuild the world. But secretly, Talonar's like, that's one problem solved. And then, you know, they got to rebuild the world and a new Alethkar end world with Sbariel and Aladar. And like, all right, Aladar is a little bit of a wuss, if I recall. But Sbariel like a genius. I would not lament having to reconstruct society with Sibaro. Like he knows about society and economy and stuff like I he's a guy I want on my team. Aladar seems a little weak at the knees, but, you know, maybe maybe he'll turn up. And also, just another side note, the Lopin shows up and he has two arms. He regrew his arm with the Stormlight. We, we saw the nub at the end of Book 2, and here we have the full arm. Hooray! And now he's the world's greatest repository
1: of two-armed Herdazian jokes. <laughs> so, what do you think
2: Dalinar was like as a younger man? Dave? Man, it would be great if we had some flashback chapters uh, that took place 34 years ago so we would know. But, you know. What are the odds that's gonna happen? I don't know. Seems pretty low. I oh.
1: feel like this is gonna be a
2: Navani book. Yeah. Chapter 3. Momentum. 34 years ago. Widdle Thrill seeker. Why does Brandon hate horses so much? I swear, every Cosmere book, some horse, some poor horse gets bifurcated or punctuated or slice or terminated. Like, every, something's got to happen to a horse in a Cosmere book. Like, it's a rule now. Like, I, I'm pretty sure there's just a running gag at this point. How uh, Stella got her nose broke. Dalinar fights a dude. Go capture some civilians, y'all. Okay. Job interview. Downar was done living for the day. Uh, yeah. So that stuff Mike said is what this chapter's about. We have Whittle Dawanaw, and we see him on the battlefield basically just throwing himself into danger to try to activate the Thrill, which is a trait that we've seen in the first two books. Uh, Still not sure whether or not this is a manifestation of investiture, but both Dalinar and Adolin have shown this quality. It's almost like Barbarian Rage, but they don't have full control over it. Like they can, they can kind of throw themselves in a situation to activate it, but and not to be concerned, not to be confused with Berserker Rage, where like Berserker Rage, you just go and you hack at everything and murder every living thing in sight, including your friends. Thrill is more like Barbarian Rage, where you still have full control of your actions, but like you get the you get the Constitution and the Strength buffs, you know. Um, and our horse dies, and so I'm pretty sure that. Dalinar's broken face was like a physical trait that we see in the first two books and his broken nose yeah. and you know. We needed a little backstory on that, and here it is. It gets brought up that his nose had been broken, like
1: very visibly had been broken at least once in the past, probably multiple times. And, and this is one of those times. And I'd like to point out that the the soldier that kills the horse feels bad about it. Yeah, that's true. But he feels bad about it for financial reasons. Yeah, his his point of feeling bad about it is that horses are really, really expensive. So it feels like he's, like, murdering a fortune rather than actually caring about, you know, horses.
2: Dalinar fights a dude and I think kills him. Or no, he, he doesn't directly kill him, but he subdues him. And I think Dalinar's elites actually come and finish the job. Uh, so he's like, all right, go... Go capture some civilians so we have some bargaining chips. And then his his elite guy is like, the people, the the soldiers will want to loot, sir. And he's like, ah, they can loot the the better towns or something. But they're going, I don't know. But they might anyway. Who knows what's it? And a whoosh, an arrow comes out of nowhere and pierces Dalinar in the shoulder. And he's like, where'd that arrow come from? And he chases down, chases up, I guess, because he, he's like up on a mountain. Uh, chases this assassin and he's so impressed by his marksmanship that he gives him a job and his down payment for the job is to not murder and loot the town that they just captured. And, uh, you know, Sadius was really looking forward to, uh, the pillaging and the, the perks that come with it, but you know, they'll live. And The, the assassin first asks
1: that like his, High Lord's heir be spared, which is the Dude, the guy that Dalinar had just
2: killed. Mm-hmm. So, and then dalinar you know, this is in dalinar's youth. He he lived for war. He lived for the plumage and the pillage and the everything. Yeah, this was his life. This is the only time he felt alive was when he was in battle. And he's like, I guess I'll just go be bored for a month. <laughs> And that's the end of Chapter 3, basically. Onward to Chapter 4. All right, then, Chapter 4. Oath. So here I have the first uh, epigraph note. And it is, uh, the epigraphs have been excerpts of, so far, the prologue of a book titled Oathbringer. Uh, So, you know, it's another one of them book within a book, and they have the same title situations. Uh, Like, I think The Well of Ascension was also a book. Within the Wall of Ascension. Uh, and it is, you know, the the author says, I know a lot of women will read this, which, first of all, you know, point out the Vorn culture, only the women read. Uh, I know a lot of women will read this and confirm their suspicions that I am a godless heretic. So uh, likely written from the perspective of Yasna, although after the events of chapter four, I could also see it possibly being Nivani. but yeah. The prologues are written by somebody who has been labeled a godless heretic, but Yasna's dead, so she can't write nothing. All right. No, no, no. <laughs> she came back. Remember. In the cognitive realm. Wait, wait a second. Hoyd went and picked her up. Did he bring her back to the physical realm? No, she came back to the physical realm on her own. He was she just did? I don't actually remember that. Okay, so was call thinking, an like, Uber for it.
1: her or something? I don't know. <laughs>
2: I was, uh, I remember, all I remember was that she was disappointed to see, like, I should have figured I'd run into you here, um, but I was just thinking, you know, Kelsier actually physically died and went to the Cognitive Realm, and I, I didn't remember seeing Yasna outside of the Cognitive Realm, uh, in the, in the ending of Book 2. Technically, you
1: never saw her in the Cognitive Realm. Well, not in the epilogue. No, I mean, anywhere in the book, she she did not appear on page while in the cognitive realm.
2: Doesn't she go to a Shadesmar with Shalon, or or does Shalon just talk about being in Shadesmar and Yasna? Shalon just talks about it. Oh, wait,
1: no. Technically, during the prologue of Book Two, she's in Shadesmar. Right. Okay.
2: But other than which that, takes, which takes place during the prologue of Book Three, and possibly the prologue of Book One, did pro? Well, all right. Book one had like a pre prologue that was uh you know the ten honor blades abandoning. Uh, there was town. like a
0: prelude and a prologue prelude.
2: or. Prelude prologue flashback. Right. Then uh, the, now I'm remembering the prologue of book one was the same evening from the perspective of Dalinar, I believe, right? Uh, no, from yeah. Seth. From Seth. Okay. Yeah. But you know he does run into Dal. Oh, that's right. That. that... The only part that Dalinar has to play is being the drunk bodyguard in the prologue, right? In book one. All right. Yeah, and Sadius was the decoy. So yeah, so far all three books have a prologue that takes place on the evening that Gavilar was assassinated. That's pretty interesting. I'm sorry, three of the four books that I've read prologues for. But I'm going to assume that Rhythm of War follows the pattern. And I wonder whose perspective we'll get in book four. Maybe Gavilar himself. Maybe the Brandon will save that for book five. Wait, I'm gonna, I want to guess. It's probably not Dalinar because Dalinar was just like drunk and passed out. Uh, do you want us me- to answer after you're done guessing or just leave it a mystery? I do want to know, but let me finish guessing. Okay. So it's probably not. I'm going to say probably not Dalinar. We've had Seth, Yasna Is it Sadius would be my guess it is That's not my guess Sadius. Is Sadius. not Sadius. okay you can tell me if you want it's your podcast your it's rules. navani oh, that makes sense <laughs> okay probably should have guessed her. all right so chapter four godless heretic people watching the stream have been staring at this bullet point um is nail polish the foreign equivalent of lingerie i mean think about it nail it's polish like... rings bracelets anything yeah, you wear like... on your left hand basically yeah, it's like the things that you used to adorn and make up the part of you that only uh, only your most intimate partner would see, right? right? So, it's fingerless laundry. gloves are—they just leave so much to
1: imagination, but they also fingerless show so much.
2: Yeah, they're like uh, a form of revealing clothing. <laughs> um, many of which exist in real life, I'm sure, but know nothing about. <clears throat> All right, Nivani winks, and Dalinar wants to fade out. But he remembers that in the Cosmere, heroes wait until marriage. How many of these ardents are named after Patreon subscribers? A bunch of name drops here. Um <laughs> plate proposal. Uh we'll go scene by scene here. There's, there's two scenes. So this uh we have Dalinar and Nivani in a room alone. And you know, Nivani takes the glove off, she's got the nail polish. And Downer says, uh, no, it's it's, you know, I I want to make a formal oath and be bound to you before we uh, we commence, Um, you know, similar to Raiden and Storini, similar to Elend and Vin, right? Um, I'm trying to think and like, I think like the only kind of protagonist that arguably doesn't wait till marriage is Breeze. And he's not really like. A hero. He's a pretty. He's pretty much a scoundrel. So <laughs> it's kind of funny that. Yeah, I was
1: I was thinking that too. Like, I think Breeze is the only one is the only example we get
2: going the other way. Yeah. Um. So I think that this is uh this is probably intentional by Brandon. Um. You know, in the perspective that he's writing from being uh you know pretty conservative in these matters. Um. This an observation. I'm not saying anything about it one way or the other officially. Uh okay so Siri and Sue Sebron, oh yeah that's well I mean they were like married before they met yeah, <laughs> but but yeah it, it counts it applies um we got a bunch of name drops of ardents here and I'm just like I'm not gonna write these names down because I don't think they're gonna be important uh but I'm I'm curious what the the source of the names were and I know you said that Brandon likes to throw out like cameo names of fans or people that he knows. Yeah, uh, I was he, just wondering if there's any He Definitely did
1: for Wheel of Time. Like I know there was basically like you could you could get your name put on a list and you'd be a named Wheel of Time character. Okay, but, yeah.
2: but you're not sure about here. This doesn't seems like a Craig question. Anyways, Maybe. I don't know. Uh so we got some dead wife talk. Uh remember Dalinar doesn't have any memories connected to his uh deceased wife. And Nivani brings up really the most information ever that we get about her, and that is that Dalinar married her for political reasons and to obtain a shard plate. Um, but also Dalinar recalls that when his wife died, he kind of went on a murderous killing spree rampage where he annihilates everybody. So uh, he must have loved her, or I guess. <laughs> but he's he confesses to Nivani that he doesn't have any remembrance of events or details of his dead wife and uh that there's a connection between his lack of memory of shh sh- 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 and the old magic, which you know, I I don't know how how the old magic connects to bonding a spren. If it's similar, the exact same thing, completely different. Like I have no idea. I don't I don't think I should know yet. Maybe that's something that will go and give the more details of the old magic. Maybe that'll be a main theme in Oathbringer. But we, if you remember when they mentioned the old magic in previous books, it comes with a blessing and a curse. And apparently, Dalinar's curse. Which it also they also make it seem like it's it's unique that Dalinar is actually aware of the curse. I mean, the guy that saw everything upside down. I think that one was pretty obvious. <laughs> but uh, Dalinar is aware that. The old magic curse resulted in him not having memories of his wife. And then he kind of sort of officially proposes marriage to Nivani here and says that if, if he can get uh, the Stormfather to oversee and officiate the wedding, then he'll, he'll consider that good enough to fade out. And that's the end of the first half of chapter four. And then... In the latter half of chapter 4, we have the actual wedding. Nivani was prepared for this eventuality. Riders on the storm. This was a weird wedding, but I do be like that sometimes. Dalinar should avoid reminding K- of the man he once was, Brandon. Thanks for the flashback chapter. Uh, Which, you know, as actually, I didn't bring this up. As as I'm reading chapter 3, I'm thinking like, man, Dalinar's quite awful in his youth it's not really ambiguous he's just a pretty terrible warmonger i guess like he spares this one town in order to convince this really good assassin to join his squad like but there's there aren't very many redeeming qualities for dalinar in the in the chapter three flashback uh and then finally after he meets with k-dash our needs to be with his wife. Wink, possible fade out. We don't. Probable. Yeah, they gotta go to dinner first. Uh, yeah. And had a wedding dress. That's cute. They get married. Stormfather shows up, and everybody witnesses him. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Stormfather's like, uh, I'm the stormfather. I, I, oath, and they're like, Yeah, we want to get married. And Stormfather's like, Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and that's the wedding. <laughs> um, um
1: Dalinar asks elicar for his blessing before the, like moments before they do it. And Elikar's just like, Ugh, fine. I guess if you have to marry my mom.
2: Well, he wants to make his mom happy, so he he allows, you know, he's okay with that part of it. And Adolin's just like Adolin's just like, Yeah! <laughs> but he doesn't tell anybody that he murdered sadius not yet <clears> hmm <throat> uh so yeah dalinar and navani are officially married but uh k who's like this old dude arden and an old friend of dalinar who used to go to was k-dash in chapter three i don't remember he wasn't no he wasn't like the guy like there was the one main elite guy that he had he had like a tashik name right didn't he, he didn't... i didn't write his name down from chapter um, three, looking at the copper mind, Kadesh is not mentioned in chapter three. Okay, um, but chapter three, like there is the the one guy. Uh, I don't remember. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Uh, Thakka, which I'm pronouncing it Thakka because I, it seems like an Azish name. is Azish? Is, Azish? is it Azish? I don't remember. I think anyway. you mean Thalen. They have the lots of consonants. There's has there a, a bunch bells. of consonants pushed together. Who is um who is the guy that was so sort of like who was like the older guy? All right, who is Lift's friend that became the emperor? Uh the Grand Akasix. Aqu- 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 yeah. Yanagon. No, it was um Auk Oc- Gox. Right? Yeah, Gox, Gox, but his name Gox. is Yanagon. Uh but there was maybe it was um no, there was somebody who had like a double cuckoo sound in their name it in Lyft's interlude chapter of book two. And I thought they were Azish, but maybe they were Thalen. But yeah, Thalen do have a bunch of consonants mushed together. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know who this guy is. We'll probably learn more about him as we get more flashback chapters. Uh, but yeah, they married. End of chapter three. Time to go eat and escape the feast as soon as it's socially acceptable so that they can wink fade out. Any questions about this week's chapters? Navani has needs, all right? That's not a question.
1: She has not winked and faded out in since sometime before Gavilar died. Possibly presumably. longer than that. <laughs> um, do I have questions? I don't have questions. I would, when this eventually gets translated to TV or movie or something... Um, I would like the Stormfather to be wackier about the wedding.
2: I mean, I, all of this are anime, right? So wouldn't he just be like a giant anime? I mean, he's he's a face that is the sky, or a sky <laughs> that is a
1: face. I'm not sure which way that goes, but nah. I feel like I feel like he could be wackier in this. Like he's very very solemn in this, and i I feel like wackier would play well just yeah. for that one scene. Like go back to being completely solemn later, but for this scene. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, and then you know the Ardenti is not going to be happy about the wedding. That's kind of a big point as well. And they're like, and even um, even Kate is just kind of like, you know, you marrying Navani, I can make up excuses for you for that. But like actually having a Spren officiate the wedding is not something that I'm comfortable with, and not something that the Navoran uh, the religious elites are gonna gonna look happily upon. Felt to me like Kadash was just looking for things to
1: complain about, honestly. Could be. Like, we won't marry you, and we don't like it that a spren is marrying you. It sounded like his issue was that they're getting married at all. And, like, no matter how they did it, he
2: wouldn't have been happy. Could be. Um, But I don't have anything for you, I don't think. I think this everstorm has run dry. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, we didn't really talk about the Everstorm. Let's talk oh, yeah. about the Everstorm. It's uh, black clouds with red lightning. And I think that he's, well, he sees a bunch of red eyes. That Dalinar sees a bunch of red eyes glowing. Uh, so Dalinar Navani, um, previous
1: to the Everstorm hitting again, had sent messages to like the rulers of the
2: entire world, letting them right. know. Even that Kaladin, Kaladin personally went to, to warn um, Hearthstone, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, new
1: storm, blows the wrong way, it's gonna keep happening, and then they got ignored. And
2: here it is, Everstorm round two just hid Urethiru. Yeah, they see it, well, they see it passing underneath the tower, right? Um, but it seems less violent than when it first clashed with the, uh, high storm, I guess? Yeah, when, when the two meet, that's gonna be something special, but
1: just, the Everstorm by itself is already really bad. Because, it's like a
2: movie, The Perfect Storm, and the storm after which it was named. Because it's, it's blowing the wrong way is a
1: big problem. But also, it's actively being piloted by the evil storm machine, not the good storm machine. We have a good storm mm-hmm. machine and an evil storm machine now. Um, but that's really about all I've got. Tori, you got anything? mm Do you have anything for spoiler time, or should we just skip this week and wait for Craig to come back?
0: Uh, the only thing I would say, and it's not really a spoiler, so Dave can hear it, is um doing the prologue, but knowing all the stuff from future books is um that's a treat, so someday Dave, yeah. you're gonna get there, you should go back and read all the prologues again but um yeah that's that's my only comment
1: having having the next book under my belt now, this prologue hit different, but I feel like that's a conversation best had with Craig here.
0: For sure. Uh
1: so yeah, looks like we don't need a spoiler time, so I don't know where I'm going with this except uh bye everybody.
0: Good night, internet.
2: Goodbye, internet.
0: This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy Used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.